Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. And so we were having a conversation about what she does. And then she was like, yes, they're, they're about security, like computer security. And I was like, oh, yeah, that really interests me. And we were talking about this technology. And I asked her, like, because you're, like, talking about all the security, like, are you familiar with Linux? And she was like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, do you know about DMcrypt, which is a module inside of Linux that it uses for encryption and she's like yes of course and I said do you know about Stripe and Stripe is an encryption algorithm that I wrote and she's like yes I do and and then like I told her I'm the author of that and she was like she was stunned like yeah why are you working why are you what are you doing here and I didn't have an answer and like I, I kind of just gave her the usual excuse that I give people, is that, like, oh, like, I, I'm not done with school, I haven't gotten my degree yet, and, you know, it was a lot of bullshit in, in hindsight, because, like, I have a skill set, and yeah. I can get a job. It's just, I've been scared of rejection. Mm. And that's what I've really been, like, keeping myself away from the jobs for, and, like... I, I guess, like, I was like, you know what? Enough of this. Like, I, I deserve a lot better than this. I can do a lot better than this. And so I started applying for jobs. And I got through, like, after many resumes and sending emails, I got um, I got a reply from Google. And, That's amazing. And, like, it gets better. They, they conducted a phone interview. Wow. And... They wanted to do another interview, but this was in March, and they have a hiring freeze, so a lot of companies just stopped hiring, and I also lost my job here. Oh, man. So So now you have, do you have an interview planned for whenever the hiring freeze comes out? No, I have to start over. Oh, wow. It's pretty bad, but the you know what the silver lining is? I think this is for the better. I, th- I think it's for the best that I didn't get a job at a tech company because a new opportunity has opened up for me, and that is I can go back to school. Mm. And I feel like I would rather I would I would rather want to do that. Like if I really wanted to, like what this has taught me is that I can get a job if I try. I just haven't been trying. But why do you want a degree? It's not that I want a degree. It's that I want to go to school. Like, I want to learn. Like, there are things that you can't really teach yourself. Like, especially yeah. stuff that involves laboratory equipment and research opportunities. Like, how much can I do on my own? Whereas, it depends. If you're going into computer science, a lot. That is so true. But... I don't want to strictly go into computer science. Like, the only reason I've done computer science is because you can do so much on a computer, like, by yourself. But that's not necessarily my interest. It's not my passion. Yeah. And, like, I would much rather make music. Yeah. And I would on much... On your computer. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I would, I would much rather, like... You know, 
I'm also into like sports and fitness, and I yeah. wanted I want to do gymnastics, parkour, martial arts. Mm. I want to be a physical therapist, a certified strength and conditioning specialist. That's what I want to do. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I want to go to school for that, and I want to finish up what I started, which is mathematics. But concurrently, I will be pursuing like. A degree in sports science. I don't know why. It's just fascinating to me, and like I'm really starting to learn things about myself, mm-hmm. and I want to be a well-rounded person. Yeah. And I feel like if if even if for nothing but one thing, it would be for spiritual fulfillment. Like. I'm glad that you uh, have gotten rid of your Darwinian bias. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of the biggest holdbacks I've had. Yeah, is to think reproduction is everything. Is um, it's discounting everything that happens before and after reproduction. No. Well, there's still reproduction involved. Reproduction of ideas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Wow. That's interesting. Fitness. One of my friends is, uh, um, actually the guy who lives in his van, he's a big fitness guy. I just worked out with him in the park. <laughs> he and his friends brought some dumbbells and stuff, and they just turned it into a gym, sectioned it off, played some music. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm connected. Be- I think Davis kind of attracts a lot of a lot of people, definitely a lot of people who are into agriculture and like animal stuff, but also people who are just into fitness, you know. A lot of the friend group that I have now, that's kind of their main thing, is, is uh, exercising and eating well. And then everything else, they just organize their life around that. Whereas for me, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Do some math. <laughs> <laughs> My brother goes to Davis. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. And... He's in his, um, he, he finished his second year, and so, yeah, what, what does that make him now as a sophomore? No, 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 sophomore, second, junior? Junior. Junior. So. Those names are so dumb. I know, right? Freshman is the only one that makes sense. Maybe not even that, freshman and senior. Junior should be the word for freshman. <laughs> Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. I wonder what the etymology is. Do I don't. Sp- do you speak other languages? No, no, not really. No, not in a serious way. Well, you speak English well enough. I've been <laughs> criticized for that. I was doing a podcast with the Saudi Arabian chick, and she was like, "What's wrong with you? Why do you speak proper English? You don't have respect for you respect the white man too much." I was like, "Hey, listen." We don't have to... <laughs> let's not what? take it in that direction, okay? <laughs> she, I don't know what was wrong with her that. Maybe it was something I said in the past that got her upset and she just kind of exploded. But if you listen to one of my older... One of the podcasts I did right before this one, you'll hear her argument, which I don't think holds water, but... Speaking yeah, proper English is disrespectful. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Relax. I don't like this kind of vibe, this kind of anger. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but like I was back at the domes for a second. 
some people, Jesus Christ. English is not my best language. I do have a fairly sizable vocabulary, but, like, I'm no English major. Neither am I. Yeah, like, some people can use the shit out of this language, and I'm just not one of those people. You know what I respect more than English as a, as a, as an intellectual subject? Linguistics. Yes. Linguistics, to me, should kill the English department. Once you have linguistics, why do you need the, the English department? What are they doing that's really revolutionary? Besides getting people, you know, criticizing people, shaming well, people. One, one more step of generalization than linguistics is language arts. Okay. What's the difference? Well, linguistics is just the subset where we use, like, spoken language. Mm. But, like, language arts is, like, it's even more broad. That's true. Linguistics is focused on speaking. I never even noticed that. It's kind of like history for language. Well, I think there's something physical about it. I think they have a physics of the mouth in linguistics. They do. The, that that is interesting in its own right. Phonetics. Yeah. Um, also, I think there is a kind of theory experiment dance that exists in the sciences that also exists in linguistics, which is that if someone comes up with something new, they don't discard it; they consider it. They say, "Hey, how does this new thing work?" You got a pencil? I got something. Can I write on this? Yeah, yeah, it's yours. Thank you. You should write on something if you want me to take it. Here, write on this fast track expired. Uh, <laughs> well, we have the English alphabet. Yeah. F G H I J K. I can tell that English isn't your best language. P Q. By the way, you write. <gasps> B-W-X-Y-Z. By the way, I write? I know, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so, what I was thinking is that we have 26 letters, and if you ignore the vowels, because they're their own problem, many of these letters are kind of stupid. Like, let's look at this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. This one, this one, eh, maybe not W, maybe not W, W is okay, W doesn't have too much of a problem, but, like, if you, if you know, like, we also have some compound sounds, like, we have the sh, ch, zh, and, uh, like, we've got quite a few, right, and we all, we don't have this necessarily in the English language, but the chi sound, like, ka, yeah. Uh, what I was thinking is, like, why not make, like, if you look at sh, that's just one sound. Sh is actually two sounds. It's t and sh right next to each sure. other. It's ch. Sure. Ch. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it is. And then zh is its own thing. It's like, if you use that symbol for zh, and j is actually two sounds. It's that and that. J. Yeah. yeah j. So we should get rid of this letter 
and change it so to that the sound. Yeah, so that this actually represents the j sound, and then we can use d j to represent j, and then sh this should become the sh sound. So this should be sh. G should be strictly g, and if you want j, then you use d and j together. Mm -hmm. X is pointless because you have K and S. Huh. So we should instead use this to represent the Chi sound, which is what Greek does, which is what many languages do. And finally, Q, like, I don't know what to do with Q. I was thinking, make it represent the... It sounds like two sounds. K? Yeah. Not really, it's just K. It's K. 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 Q. Oh, it's the K sound? Yeah, what we could do is make Q. it make it the voiced version of this. So you have a What about queen? queen? I guess I'm thinking Q-U. Is that a separate sound? It would be K-W-E-E-N. Or K-W-I-I-N. Yeah. If you keep the W. Wa is, is also a sound. Like, it's a labial. Wa. Wa. It's a labial approximant. Just like L is a is a palatal approximant. <laughs> How about Rick Ross's sound? What's that? Rick Ross? I don't know. But Q could be the voiced version of this. Just like we have sh and j. These are actually the same sound. It's just one is unvoiced and one is voiced. G and K are the same sound. One is voiced, one is unvoiced. B and V are the same sound. One is voiced, one is unvoiced. T and D are the same sound. Like, P and B, like, you, there's so many, like... T and D? T and D. Ta-da. Ta-da. Yeah, they are. G and K are the same. Um... S and Z are the same. So in in Japanese, like we have, we have like, um, we have this character for for sa, mm -hmm. and we have this character for za. Yeah. The only difference is we put this little quotation mark looking thing in front of the sa to make it za. <laughs> and we we do the same thing for k, we make it... To, if we put that, k becomes g. If we do that to p, it becomes b. If if we do that to s, it becomes z. If we do that to t, it becomes d. Like, it's just... It's really efficient that way. Mm. And, like, if you were to... If you were able to change like, the consonants so that they don't represent some strange shape, but rather they are more physical representations of what's going on in your mouth. I feel like that's the most efficient way to convey phonetics. It is. And we've also got so many vowels in English. I've counted and we actually have like 21 different vowels in English, even though we use five symbols. So many of these vowels like, one symbol can mean, like, multiple vowels. Like, I think the worst example is the letter A. Like, it, it just represents too many sounds. 
<laughs> like uh, uh, like a. I bet there are people developing a universal language. There at MIT is. Or something. Oh, not a language, but the international phonetic alphabet is definitely a thing. A language that goes along with the alphabet. Hmm. Do you think languages? I mean. Yeah, the alphabet can be more or less efficient with respect to the sounds we can make. But can a language be more efficient? With the ideas we communicate? Yeah. Can, of, can, it, can, it, can you convey through this language the ideas better than some other language? And how would you even know? I've, I, speak, I speak four different languages. Um, Telugu is my native language. I am like native level fluency with English. I am fluent in Hindi and proficient in Japanese. I can, I also like, I dabble in Spanish, I'm still learning it. And I'm also dabbling in Tamil, I'm still learning that. So, I guess if I included those six languages. But, of all these languages, I feel like English is both the least and the most efficient, depending on how you speak it. Because it's got such a huge vocabulary by far i think english has the largest vocabulary because it just it just kind of you know it, it assimilates vocabulary from other languages and it it's got such a big lexicon if you're clever in the way you craft your speech you can communicate ideas really efficiently but if you speak a crass colloquial limited vocabulary. Man, fuck that shit, bruh. <laughs> I think you can dissect what you just said. And yeah, you can. Actually, make it an essay. Well, yeah, I can, yeah. It <laughs> depends on what they were talking about, where they were, who they were looking at, what the smells in the air were at the time. Yeah, there's a lot that you can take into account. <laughs> so, like, if you... But the thing is, like, if you didn't have any data except for the words they spoke... Man, fuck that shit, bruh. If you had no other context except for the words, yeah, then your choice of vocabulary as well as the the way you put the words together also it's not just the words you use like like for example, um, that is a tree, and I don't know, like a tree is there, like it means the same thing, but it's it's a different order of saying it like. It changes the meaning a little bit, ever so slightly. I'm trying to think of a sentence that works better like this. Well, I just thought of a general concept, even without the specific example. Uh, I quoted this uh, this mathematician, G.H. Hardy, in the week sheet. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the points that he was making is he was comparing mathematics to other art disciplines. And uh, there's a part of his book that I didn't quote. But a big part of it was that uh, he was comparing it to poetry. And he was saying math is like the opposite of poetry. In math, you move forward by actually saying something new. Whereas in poetry, the goal isn't so much to say something new as to say it in a new way. In math, saying something in a new way might not be very interesting at all. Unless it's more efficient or more clean or more concise. Um, also, poetry can be expansive. I don't know if that was his point, that poetry can be expansive. That's my point. It can expand something that could be said a lot simpler by just fucking saying it. Um, 
I realized in writing this grand unified theory thing that I got to write something else because this is unaccessible, right? This is basically for you, this paper. But no one else in the universe would even be interested by this. Why? But the poetry version, that's the way to do it. It's to use my knowledge of language to write something outrageously expansive and pleasurable to read with the same exact ideas, chefs and sheep. That's got to be the book, or essay, probably. I don't like writing too long. Anyhow, math and poetry. In poetry, it's about saying something, the same thing, there is a tree, but saying it in a beautiful way. As the sun shined through the leaves, I glanced <laughs> and noticed the breeze. Something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a tree. Leaves, breeze, you know, and the fucking wind's blowing. <laughs> That's the same sentence. <laughs> But what, like, the point I was trying to make is, like, it's, like, the word choice is definitely one thing, but even if you use the same words in a different order, it changes the meaning sometimes. Even if it conveys the same meaning, like, it has a different feel to it. And that, it's like, it's like metadata. It's like, technically you're still getting the same information out of it, but the analysis of that is going to be different. So the metadata is different. And so it's it's both the data and the metadata that you got to take into account. It's like if you create um, a file and you pass it through a hashing function and it, it spits out like some hash and you want the hash to be a particular value, so you change the things in the file such that all the data is still there. You just mess with it so that you get that hash value. Even though the data is technically all there, it's something about it is different. So, like, if that makes any sense. The metadata. Yeah, the metadata. Yeah, I was having a conversation about conversations with this girl who just got into Cornell or whatever. In her last week around, I got to steal a few hours from her. Uh, we went on a camping trip together. Well, a bunch of other people, but she was there. And she was saying there's a... Ah, what was it called? There's a message in the meta message. And sometimes what you want to do when you communicate, like she said, for you, you always go for the message. Which is good. But most people are listening for the meta message. So if you don't put as much time and energy into the meta message, they might be receiving something that has nothing to do with what you were saying. So one example is a father is talking to a daughter, or vice versa, the daughter to the father, and the daughter says, I'm thinking about going out tonight. And then the father says, uh, I don't know if that's the best. And then the daughter says, you know what, I think I'd rather stay, All right? And then another time, the father, the daughter goes to the father, hey, I'm thinking about going out tonight. Oh, great, where to? Oh, uh, this place, I'm going in this time. And there are several examples of this type, and they said, okay, but here's what's going on. The father's never saying no. Instead, the father is saying something that's giving the metadata of whether or not he approves or disapproves. The daughter is also going along with whatever the father's metadata is, even though the father is not giving a direct direction. 
So what you're seeing is an indirect act of obedience. Even though it may appear like he's giving, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't really have an opinion one way or the other, mm -hmm. and he's not saying yes or no, he's actually saying yes or no with his tone, and she's actually building rapport with him by going along with his metadata kind of message. This is exactly what I mean with the, the example with the hashing function. Like, yeah. see, I think too technically, but <laughs> you gave a great example. By the way, that's not how I communicate. So that would never happen in my world. I don't communicate like that either. <laughs> but, but she was trying to help me out. She was saying, listen, I know this ain't your style, but you should know that it is other people's style and you can make it your style with work and practice. Yes. Yeah. That's basically, what I see is this Grand Unified Theory of Chefs and Weak Sheep are pretty raw content. Yeah. But my work from this point forth is to work on the meta message. To do the same thing. But, like, you got a clear meta message with Pussy Boss. The message was, this is so intentionally offensive that it's actually just a platform to display cleverness. Yes. That's really all that's happening is... It, it actually has nothing to do with what it's, it seems to be about. However, most people won't get that meta message. So there's got to be a better way. Same thing with the Grand Unified Theory of Chefs. You say the word math to somebody, they shut down. They don't want anything to do with them. But there's a way of talking about those ideas where the meta message is positive instead of negative. And that, I think, is going to be through using an expansive vocabulary of English. And poetry. I think the Grand Unified Theory of Chess is going to look like weak sheep in the next draft. I think it's got to be way more clever and way more poetic. It can't be this is the tree. It's got to be that I glanced into the distance and noticed in an instance, you know, what, what do we see? Oh, yes. What a tree. And I haven't even attempted to do that yet, but that's one of the big takeaways for me. Also, there's got to be a new uh, phonetic alphabet. There is the international phonetic alphabet. Oh, never mind. They use a unique symbol for every unique sound, but it's not as efficient, like, symbolically as it could be. Like, they don't condense the same sounds that are voiced versus unvoiced as, like, mm. something with a diacritic on it. Yeah. Like, I feel like we should work on a new international phonetic alphabet that's absolutely, like, condensed to the max. So, Almost like a compressed MP3. Not an MP3, because we don't <laughs> want to throw away any data. You don't data. want to throw anything out. The revived MP3. Yeah. Like a flack. Like a flack, exactly. Uh, or is it isn't really a flack though, because like we're using a, we're still using a unique symbol to describe a unique sound. Hmm. Like it's still a one-to-one -one mapping. If you were to compress it, it would it would be like if you had like one word or like one set of sounds that means two different things depending on context. Like a homophone. Hmm. Like the word um, or not a yeah a homophone like. Let's see, what's a good example? I don't know, off the top of my head. I'm... 
like the word sink, for example. Like it's a thing that you wash dishes in. But it's also an act of moving, submerging. Yeah. Yeah. Sink. Yeah, that is a good one. So, like, technically, like, you've just compressed two different ideas, two disparate ideas into one. And you can decompress it without error, depending on context. Because it's unlikely that they would be... They don't fit in the same context. And if you wanted to, to like... If you wanted to flaunt your technical understanding of the language, you could... Uh, you know, like, people say punning is the lowest form of wit? I completely disagree. I don't even understand what punning is, uh, because it's never been clearly... I, I don't think in terms of the word that describes the type of joke. I just think, is it funny? <laughs> it is yeah. funny. But, like, puns are a great example of breaking language. Like, you're breaking it in a humorous way. But if you do it cleverly, it doesn't have to be just a pun. It can be really clever poetry. Yeah. And, like, that one line, I was just like, oh my god, that's beautiful. What was it? I have no idea. The ice cubed... Oh, ice cube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put the ice cube in my mouth for the two cube pussy I ate. Yeah, like, that's... That's th a pun? That's a kind of a pun, right? <laughs> I have no idea what a pun is. That's why I asked. <laughs> Listen, I know it's a bar. You know what I'm saying? As far as I'm concerned. It's fucking fire is what it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you made talking about ice fire. Well... You know what it is? Is it's just you know, I I think a lot of um, storytelling, the, the 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 way that it works, is you gotta you go through it first, and you go through things that you think are interesting first, without knowing what the story really is, and then after time goes by, then you're like, oh, this is how I'm gonna tell the story, like it comes to you afterward. So I've been doing pussy eating jokes forever. Um, but I just, I felt like there was, oh, another context for Weak Sheep is that I, I wrote a song. So I, I like making a style of beats that's extremely simplistic. Like you heard the beatboxing, you heard the jazz beat, which was stolen from YouTube. They're outrageously simple and um, just snaps, claps, basses, that's it. Uh, opposite of trap beats. And um, so I, I titled these, I labeled the style of beat shitty beat so a shitty beat is a beat that has that consists of only two elements a bass melody so there's a bass that has like ups and down you know it goes up and down in frequency and then a clap which is just something that like a metronome almost so if it has these two elements and only these two elements i categorize it as a shitty beat i made an album there's something on itunes right now everything on there for the most part is pretty much a shitty beat okay five songs like an ep I tell, now, later on, I end up running into this guy who makes beats, and he make, he does it the classic hip-hop way. He samples from records, he plays around with Ableton 10, and he makes, like, these kind of intricate things that are, you know, like a symphony, really. It's a work of art in its, in its own right. And then I rap over it and ruin it. But uh, I told him, hey, you should make a shitty beat for me. He made it for me, and I never used it. Some time went by, one of the guys from Right Way, the guy who wrote the first verse, the sad verse. Uh, he's like, hey, I've been writing to the shitty beat. 
And I said, if you finish a verse, then I'll do a verse. So we both did. We made it into a song. It ended up fucking blowing up. Not blowing up, but it ended up becoming more than I expected because I knew a photographer. We had just met this photographer, videographer. And he's like, we're going to make a, view, a music video for this. Everybody come on Friday. So uh, we fucking made a video for it and everything. But I played the video. And this girl, she was like, why did you write the verse that you wrote? And I said, oh, you know, I always write, you know, I just write whatever's on my mind. I don't, I don't know. Why are you bothering me? <laughs> and then I listened to it again and I realized, like, oh, this is like one of the most sexual verses I've ever written for the shitty beat. And uh, I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, let's just leave it where it is. But I wrote this kind of coming out of that phase obviously pussy bars was in that phase but i was like after i wrote that i was like i'm gonna just write the most intense sexual stuff on purpose because in shitty beats it happened but i didn't even recognize what was happening whereas for that one i was just like i'm just gonna try to go all out so i think that line was because i was thinking in that mindset the whole time that eventually it was getting more and more clever and then I felt like that was the peak. So I was like, cool. It's like, this is actually, this is, this is good enough to where, like, if I just never wrote anything again, at least I would have, like, this is an undeniably beautiful thing that happened. So. Um, it's cleverness. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, you tune it. Like, you, you optimize it. Yeah. And... Like if you if you do it to to an extent, you'll realize that you can break language. Yeah, you can. So, I think that's the point. Like, you break language, and then you because it's it's like a proof. It's like language doesn't work because I just broke it. Yeah. yeah. Therefore, I'm gonna make my own language. Yeah, yeah. And this song is my language. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's what slang is, too. And that's I think, exactly what slang is. I think is. that's a big part of hip-hop. That's why I said it comes from the heart. Yeah. You're not using someone else's memes. Yeah. You're using your own memes. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and, and yeah, using your own memes. That's, a, that's, to me, that's the thing that doing creative work has in common with, like, doing high-level academic work. And I think that's probably why I find it fulfilling, is that you can have original work. You actually can reach a new point where no one else has been in the creative disciplines and in science. Yeah, so I hope to keep uh, developing it, but... Absolutely. For the most part, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I... I'm glad that I spoke to you about the Grand Unified Theory of Chefs, too, because I, I really do feel now, more than I did before I sat down with you, that I have some direction, that I have an idea of where to go. By the way, ignore all the limits. Or all the, all the, all the <laughs> fucking, not all the limits. I think one of them is good, but then there, it repeats in a certain way that's not accurate. But you, I, if you really read that, I think there's some interesting ideas in there. Um, I don't know. Do you have a digital copy of this, by any yeah, chance? Yeah, I do. I have it on uh, Google Drive. 
I could send a lot of that to you. If uh, is email the best way to? I'll text you and get your emails. Um, you want me to message you right now? Yes, yes, please. So that I don't forget. Um, it's just first name, last name. There we go. Okay, uh, let me do. Uh, it is time for the most important, the most question, important in the universe. question in the universe. Slip or slide? Oh, god damn it. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. So, sliding involves sliding friction or kinetic friction. And slipping is, is a phenomenon that happens when rolling friction, which is actually static friction, because if you think about it, the point that's contacting the ground never actually moves. Mm. So the wheel is actually always experiencing static friction and never kinetic friction. Mm. But when it slips, that's when the point contacting the ground moves. And that's, that's slipping, that's mm. kinetic friction. So slipping to me is a mistake. Mm. It's it's an error. It's something went wrong, therefore it slipped. But sliding is like it's kinetic friction, it's deliberate. Hmm. But sliding is friction. And it's it's necessarily friction, you can't make it better. Unless you tune the friction away, in which case it won't be sliding, because for something to slide there must be some friction. So I'm gonna have to go with slide. Or, sorry, sorry, slip, slip. It slipped my mind. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> slip. Thank you for your time. Of course. You want anything to say for? <laughs>
I'm a nuisance The proof's in the juices Finish all your trick and your sick big mutants She smoked that estrogen and progesterone Threw it in the vape, took it to the dome Fuck it, I might hit the testosterone Chef's cut, dopamine with some melatonin I can't tame it if it's too tame I can't name it, it's a new name Left right when the life came Every night play the dice game Draw the line through the right planes Is it mean if I don't mean it? What's a fucking mean mean to a deviant? And not to diss you But you stop chefing I don't miss you, I have no tissue Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, I really want the stem or the cherry Keep it one more than a thousand I see these sheep charged up Keep it rounded Somebody show these Where the pound is I think the kitchen's getting crowded Same place, different state Same shit the chefs love The sheep taste My beats in a briefcase Never cheap with the beefsteak Nothing free in that sweepstake I think they're locked into the optics I'm like the opposite I'm like their compliment I'd rather say a lot with a little Sold the violin Got a fiddle If you don't experiment You don't walk You wanna talk? Are you really about the chalk? Then please shut the fuck up Enough is enough Sheep ass arguments Get your tongue cut Strawberry blueberry one berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Hey, I really want the stem or the cherry. 